0: I've got a very, very special episode in these days of COVID-19, in the days where we're all in quarantine. There are some unsung heroes out there. Um, You guys are seeing him right next to me on the screen. He's a a, a great friend of ours here at the show, uh, someone who I absolutely um, love, just brilliant Cybermind, Ohad Zeidenberg. Ohad, welcome, welcome, welcome. A year in the making and we finally made it.
1: Hello. Yeah, you're waiting. Uh, I met you uh, one year ago in Tel Aviv, and it's really nice to be here in your podcast today.
0: I know we were talking. um, So for for a little background, uh, last summer, for a lot of you that remember on the podcast, uh, I took a group of CISOs to Israel. And we decided to do dinner one night in this, like, really awesome restaurant in Tel Aviv, Mm -hmm. in the old city of Jaffa. I'm sorry. It's it's Pesh It's the same 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 thing, Tel Aviv, Jaffa. And Mm -hmm. um, Ohad came, and he gave us an unbelievable briefing on Iranian TTPs and Iranian cyber activity and kind of what are some of the things that are going on since then, obviously. Soleimani has been... And yeah. and Iran is dealing with COVID-19 um, as well. And so I decided to uh, reach out to Ohad because Ohad started something called the CTI Foundation. And we're, we're going to talk uh, the CTI League. I am very, very sorry. And we're going to talk a little bit about CTI League. But before we do that, Ohad, could you share with our listeners a little bit of your background, how you got into cyber um, and everything like that? Um, that'd be great. Okay.
1: okay. Well, sure. So my name is Oad Zeidenberg. Um, I'm the lead cyber intelligence researcher at Clear Sky Cybersecurity. Clear Sky Cybersecurity is a uh, company from Israel, a cybersecurity firm from Israel that mainly focuses in uh, research of the Iranian cyber activity um, in the cyber domain worldwide. At the past eight years, um, several several of which include uh, that have been in analysts and commander in the IDF elite uh, intelligence unit uh, A-200. So that from then, um, I got into a romance with Iran, kind of a romance with Iran, um, by investigating it. This is a really interesting country, and since then, I'm focusing uh, on the Iranian in many domains, in the political domain, in the terror domain, and in the cyber domain as well. I'm um, specializing in, uh, in Iran as a strategic intelligence target. In my position in Clear Sky, again, expertise in different Iranian APTs, including OilRig, APT-33, Charmkit Kitten, Shaffer, APT-39, and Muddy Water. Um, those past threats are both regionally, in the Middle East, and globally, focusing in the U.S. as well. And only recently we exposed in the company one of the most uh, widespread and, uh essentially Spanish establishment by Iran, his name is First
0: When you talk about, um, you know, kind of Iranian nu- uh, cyber activity, um, has th- there's been a lot of rumors that everything was kind of centralized around Soleimani and since uh, Trump uh, and, and the US military uh, sent him on his way to Zhaneh, mm-hmm. um or Jhennem, depending on who you ask. Um, um, Jannah right? yeah, means in Arabic, Yeah. Jannah uh, and Jannah in Arabic. Yeah. Jannah means, uh, uh, uh heaven. Jannah means hell. And, um, mm-hmm. if you, if you ask, you know, his supporters, he's in Jannah. And if you ask all, uh, everyone else in the world, he's in hell. Um, mm-hmm. and so kind of looking at that from, 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 from that perspective, have you seen a decrease in Iranian, um, cyber, uh, activity or a decrease in support and funding due to Soleimani being, being taken out?
1: Actually, when uh, Suleimani died, I wasn't shocked. I s- seated like as a person that knows Suleimani for eight years and followed him very closely. Um, in the news, in the media, he was a really interesting uh, character and horrible person, uh, to follow. And I was in shock because it was an unexpected operation when the, he was died. And actually, I don't see an increase by the attacking because of Suleimani death. However, I see an increase of the abilities of the Iranian cyber threat actors in the last year. They got really, uh, they increased their efforts, they got really better um, than last year's, but they still have a lot to pass through um, in the following uh, years.
0: There's been kind of, and a lot of different intel reports that I've read prior to Soleimani's um, kind of being taken out. Um, a, a lot of the stuff mentioned the fact that he was really the front guy in terms of helping train Iranian APTs through Russian and Chinese um, uh,
1: yeah, and,
0: and, 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 and so forth. Now that he's gone, do you feel like that Russian-Chinese support is going to dwindle away because that relationship just doesn't exist? I mean, business is all about relationships, and you know the Russians may not trust Iran, but they trusted Soleimani. Um, that was a relationship hey, kind of deal.
1: Iran uh, don't trust uh, Russia as well. Um, two centuries ago, Iran and Russia had a terrible war when uh, Iran lost and signed on. Uh, really um, humiliating by the terms of the Iranian uh, agreement between Russia and Iran. It's all about interests. And I feel that regarding the Iranian cyber efforts, it doesn't matter if they have the back of Russia or the back of China or they try to active uh, separately because they are really good. They are not good compared to China and Russia and North Korea as well. Um, but they are really good and they attack a lot. The volume of attacking by Iranian cyber threats is amazing. They have also um, three different uh, departments of cyber, two of them in the uh, ministry and one in the government and one of them in the IRGC. So it's really interesting because they fight each other. Another thing that's really interesting about the cyber threat uh, actors that they are focused in Iranian people as well. They focus on um, some foreign ministries. So this is really amazing. You can see the same, uh, the same threat actors such as Charming Kitan targeting Israeli researchers and they're targeting news media outlet inside Iran. This is a really interesting country to look at it as a intelligence uh, target
0: when you look at um iranians kind of cyber capabilities it's it's been long believed that they're the ones that are training hamas and hezbollah in lebanon and in gaza mm-hmm. with their cyber capabilities um, um how true is that from what you can say from what you know obviously mm-hmm. are, are are they training um uh this are are they um funding and training the cyber capabilities for hamas and hezbollah
1: so I can tell exactly what they're doing in the cyber because this is something that is not publicly uh spoken before but they are uh, helping the Hamas the uh, Jihad Islamic Palestinian and the Hezbollah all the time nothing to compare between the capabilities of Hezbollah and Hamas in the cyber domain um to Iran Iran have really big and old infrastructure since um uh, since tachn- since darkness, they attack so many um, targets within the last uh, ten years. So nothing compared. Uh, Hamas and Hezbollah trying to attack many uh, cities in Israel, but they are not successful as uh, Iran. Kind of. Iran, sh- is, I, I'm, Iran is so good though. I, I, it's needed to point out. Iran is not uh, the best country of uh, of active cyber security and attacking of threats, but they the volume, the amount of attacks that they see every year is unbelievable. They attack all the time in so many places around the universe.
0: Well, they believe in the law of numbers, right? I mean, it's a long said Persian story that you win by numbers, right? So, increase, 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 attack, 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 finally something lands. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have to be good, you just have to wear out your opponent. It's Something
1: it's- really interesting about Iran, they like to work remotely. If you look, for example, as you mentioned, Hezbollah, Hezbollah is some kind of um, little Iran in the Middle East that Iran doesn't need to fight with Israel directly. They have the um, believers. They have the people that fight for them. In the cyber domain, it's the same. They can attack. They can gain a lot of uh, profit by espionaging um, some organization to gain data. And they attack and make distractions as they did with Shamoon and Zero Clear Attacks. So they don't stand between in front of their enemies, they attack remotely, and this is something that Iran really liked as a country. From I see, from what I know about Iran,
0: you know, it's 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 very interesting. How have you seen Iran's attacks um, increase or decrease during COVID nineteen? What have you seen their activity um, look like around you know this whole COVID nineteen? Because Iran was one of the first countries that was hit really really hard. I mean, before Italy, it was Iran. Um, mm-hmm. So, 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 have has there been an increase or decrease in their cyber activities?
1: So the process about the cyber activity was the same as the process of the spreading of the COVID nineteen within Iran. At the beginning, they reduces the attack because all the country. From what I see, there is a possibility that I don't see or I didn't identify it yet an attack. This is need really need to point out because when we exposed Fox kitten, for example, that was an operation that. Uh, here in Israel for three years and nobody um, notified so at the beginning I didn't see a lot of uh, attacks executed by Iran but now as we're going through this uh, corona crisis and it seems they um, took the corona crisis now really seriously now I see a lot of attacks happening again um, executed by Iranian threat actors as oil rigging and as charming kitten and muddy water
0: So talk a little bit about the CTI League. It's something you found. It's something that um, this week, Director uh, Christopher Krebs of of CISA uh, tweeted about multiple tweets, not one. um, Mm -hmm. Really kind of talking about your guys' efforts and and the work that you guys are doing really pro bono um, to help. Um, So so Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about how you founded this division and and kind of what you guys are doing nowadays in in the era of COVID-19.
1: So the CTI League is a volunteer-lead initiative of more than 1,400 vetted volunteers that are cybersecurity experts from the InfoSec and the CTI, the cyber threat intelligence uh, sectors mostly, that form to neutralize cyber cyber threats targeting exploiting of this pandemic to gain any kind of profit. Profit can be a distraction and profit can be money uh, from it. Any cyber threat we want to take down, we we want to neutralize. The initiative of these collaborators conclude uh government agencies, law enforcement, healthcare facilities, telecommunication, and technological companies that all gather in one place uh, to take down cyber criminal infrastructures and to protect the healthcare organization worldwide. So I founded this community only one month ago. It was really amazing because since the first article was published, I tweeted on my Twitter, uh, hello, everyone that want to help, I founded this community with my friends, Nate Warfield, Chris Miles, and Mark Rogers. And if any one of you want to join to help pro bono, no money charge, and the health sector, mainly we focused at the beginning on the on hospitals, please DM me on Twitter and we will add you to the league and in only one month we passed the 1000 members now we are more than 104 1400 vetted volunteers this is something really really amazing as you said um we just published a uh, in report our first report of march 2020 and to see chris krebs um this really interesting and important person that stand um is the director of the cisa to see him tweeted about our initiative, this is really amazing. And the results that we um, achieved to gain um, just in one month, this is unbelievable.
0: So for a lot of folks that are listening or watching, you can go to cti-league.com um, mm-hmm. um, to see uh, the website. To go there, Ohad um, is... Uh, Twitter handle is on this video. So if you're listening, you'll see it in the description of the podcast and you can just go to the description of the podcast and connect with Ohad on Twitter. He has a very, very interesting Twitter feed, by the way. Um, Ohad's Twitter feed is always full of uh, stuff on Iran. And a lot of times, um, I, I go to his feed to kind of get updated because you can't find a lot of reliable sources out there. um, um in terms of iranian cyber activities i i, I think there's uh, there needs to be some sort of you know kind of like map separation of what iran does what russia does what china does what north korea does and then what uh the states england israel and and, and australia and all the others do because it's 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 almost very interesting how if you look at that for, you know people always think of the threat maps uh with the launching of attacks, but there's so much more to it. It's, it's it's fascinating. When you look at the CTI League, what are some of the attacks you guys have seen take place against healthcare uh, industry? And w- what's some of the, uh, I guess, the, the most pressing challenges that healthcare facilities are dealing with in this pandemic from a cyber perspective?
1: The amount of attacks uh, during the last few months that leveraging the corona crisis, either it's like decoy documents that trying to share information about the corona crisis and infect computers, whether it's attacks against hospitals or vaccine laboratories. Um, if, you, if you mentioned Iran, a few weeks ago there was a report in Reuters um, blaming Iran for uh, attacking some uh, medical places within the U.S., um, including the WHO, that uh, mostly um, focusing on uh, research this pandemic. So we see that as well. But when we uh, established this community, we focused on hospital. And we understood later on that hospitals, it's not the only uh, victim in this uh, community. Everyone that got attacked because of the pandemic or everyone that is under threat because of the pandemic within the cyber world, within the cyber domain, um, need to be protected. And this is the goal of the CTI League. The CTI League prioritized efforts in helping hospitals and healthcare facilities. Um, and protecting their infrastructures. By that, we see all the types of attacks. And this is really unbelievable. All types of attack it can be an attack by malwares to, uh, to steal information. Some espionage operation. We see some, uh, uh, phishing, for example, websites and email attachments that try to, um, attack and uh, steal credentials. For example, we see DDoS attack. We see some ransomware attack. We see a lot of scams and frauds. Um, uh, mainly in the dark net, they try to sell vaccines or tests, um, of the corona crisis. And just to uh, clarify the meaning of selling, um, fake taste online, fake, fake taste online. This is really, really, really can be, uh, a cause life that. I mean, when someone, uh, sell, for example, a test online and someone bought it and it got negative by the test and got out from his apartment, start, walking around because he feels, I mean, he knows, he thinks that he's, he's not sick, and infected others, it can cause death. If some, uh, for example, threat actor that uh, uh, operating some uh, re- ransomware attack hospital, and the hospital wouldn't ha- be able to pay for them, as happened um, in Travelex. Travelex took three weeks almost to recover from the attack. People will die, and the CTI leak tried to prevent it. So we see... Any type of attack uh, executed by uh, threat actors um, in this time period. It's really unbelievable.
0: Yeah, the, the TravelX story that you brought it up is very interesting because they just put themselves up for sale um, this week. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, their ransomware attack combined with no one traveling anymore and having the need to exchange money um, has really taken a toll on on this company. And for those who don't travel internationally, I don't think there's one airport that you go to in the world that doesn't have a Travelix in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're everywhere. And if everywhere.
1: you go to, your, if we're talking to, I'm I'm guessing that we are talking mainly to American crowd. The we, amount, we have
0: a global crowd.
1: We have a global crowd. Okay, we that's do. Good. We do so if you look at our inaugural report you can see that we find uh, vulnerabilities in more than 80 countries around the world worldwide some of which are not taking active part in the cti league in the first month the CTI league prioritized uh, identifying vulnerabilities um, within the hospitals healthcare facilities and their supporting organization as the telecommunication companies we found in only one month more than 2,000 vulnerabilities, 136 vulnerabilities per day in average, in more than 18 countries, 80 countries and so on, worldwide. And some of the uh, vulnerabilities were so severe that we needed to call or to escalate it to some uh, law enforcement agency to call to outreach the specific organizations. Now think what will happen if, what would happen if some threat actor attack by ransomware or paid even DDoS attack the servers of hospitals, people will die, and this is what we're trying to prevent uh, within the city League. This is the, the amount of attacks is unbelievable
0: when, when you look at the threat actors that are behind this, is it predominantly um, threat actors that are unaffiliated, meaning gangs, or is it some nation states is it, uh, or, or is it just some script kiddies?
1: all of them. All of them. We identified some, uh, phishing domains, for example, that I saw that are not professional and really, really something that someone, uh, downloaded from GitHub and run, um, st- just to get profit and put it, uh, for example, the, a symbol of some healthcare facilities. We saw some more sophisticated attacks by criminals or by APTs or by nation state sponsored, uh, threat actors. We see everything. They try to leverage the corona crisis actually to help uh, countries that for me as an Israeli, I can't go to um, and to collaborate together to prevent this attack. Something that's really important. We see any types of uh, threat actors in uh, this crisis.
0: Well, the corona doesn't have a border. Uh, Mm COVID-19 has no borders. Cyber has no borders. And the threat actors uh, will attack anywhere where they think someone is going to pay them money um, for what they do. Um, and you're right, I mean, and we know
1: that people paying, and we know that people paying. We saw just in the news uh, a few days ago what happened in the Czech Republic, and this is really horrible because they got attacked by so many threat actors uh, because in stealing money, causing threatening of sensitive information. You know a lot of people um, are working remotely right now, and there's a lot of uh, information that go through um, unobfuscated methods. So this is really important um, to, to have one uh, group or, or several groups that focus in to reduce this threat.
0: It's it's fascinating because when when this whole um, COVID-19 crisis really started taking place, and I mean, th- not the spread of it in November, December in China or the subsequent um You know, spreading of it that we saw in, you know, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, early on, Iran. Um, But we look at it now, um, today. It's all over the States, it's all over uh, uh, Europe, um, parts of South America, parts of Africa. A lot of these countries, and many of them, just don't have the infrastructure, and some of them don't even have the knowledge um, to deal with these cyber threats. So, how are they touching base with you? Are you guys? touching base with them. How are you guys sharing threat intel and helping uh, kind of uh, eliminate these attacks?
1: In order to understand it, we need to speak about uh, the the CTI league's volunteer. First of all, we spoke about our membership growth, but if we are looking at the membership distribution, as the CTI league, as I told, is a community that's based on volunteers. And in our first month, this is a global uh, problem, the COVID-19, so the City I League must be a global initiative. Our volunteers are based in 76 countries covering 20 th- 22 time zones. Every time I try to send the message uh, for all of the uh, volunteers, I've got a notification, hey, you are going to send a message for 22 time zones, are you sure? And this is really important because every moment in the City I League we have at least uh, one volunteer f- that is awake and can help the medical sector. With that, we have 76 countries that represented within the league. We are not collaborating with countries that under sanctions of the U.S. or are in um, direct war with Israel. It means that unfortunately we don't have um, members from Iran, but we have members from all continents except um, Antarctica. And if you know someone from Antarctica, so it's on my uh,
0: bucket list to visit. yes, (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. I'm just kidding. We have members from all the continents, and most of them are from the CTI sector, but one quarter of them is from the IT sector. 10% of the uh, people within the League are from government uh, institutes and organizations worldwide. It means that we can reach, if not, on, not only the CEOs of hospitals from Israel are taking part of the League, but we have good connections with uh, people from Israel, from the uh, authority of cyber in Israel, for example. We have in Europe, we have in Africa, in uh, Far East Asia, and, of course, in the United States, as you mentioned, Chris Kreb. we are in direct connection with the law enforcement agencies. By that, we can reach any uh, organization worldwide, and we are notifying them. One of the uh, most uh, uh, efforts that we are uh, spending time of is to try and information to the medical sector. So it means that if we found vulnerability, for example, or some attack targeting specific organization, we can notify them or by having them in the community or by having some of their country, uh, mainly certs and governmental institute uh, within the league. So we can reach any place almost around the world. And this is really, um, may, may give me powers to continue to reach more countries, more places that we can help in.
0: You brought up uh, 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 some unbelievable statistics. Um, 1,400 volunteers from 76 different countries, six out of the seven continents um, you guys have people in. Are you seeing different challenges in remediating and preventing these from different regions, or are the challenges fairly universal?
1: The challenges are fairly universal, as you said. I want to share some uh, a private story of mine that's really inspiring me. I don't know... Uh, I. I wish the, the crowd, uh, the, the audience to understand it. One day I got a DM message from one of the people, one of the volunteers from some Arab country that we are not in direct connection with Israel, not, not a formal one. And he said, Hey, I'm from a governmental institute, from a governmental organization, and we are getting attacked right now by DDoS. And the origin of the DDoS is that and that, and they use these services. So I said to him, "Okay, let me check." I talked to the relevant people. I understood that it's not um, something uh, from a country, and then we escalated together, both um, to the law enforcement agency, to the relevant one, and we were able to take down this operation from the internet. As you told, um, we are focusing on prevention, and uh, this is something really amazing that I found. We can we could stop attack of country that, in country that I wouldn't be able to go to. And this is something, um, really amazing. We don't uh, suffer problems in uh, uh, different regions. On the opposite, we are open to, to hear uh, from people from different regions. We got some requests from, for example, um, countries in Europe that ask the information on in specific uh, way. And we are willing to share with them the information, whatever they want, if we can just notify them about it. This is really important, uh, to to have a great collaboration within the community. This community is a community of sharing information um, to to gather all these people in one place. This is the first time, I think, that law enforcement agencies and people can collaborate together um, directly uh, to prevent, from all around the world, to prevent attacks.
0: So we're looking at COVID-19 now. We're obviously, um, you know, until there's a vaccine, until there's confidence, we, we we live in a world where I don't think we're going to be in quarantine for another year and a half. Um, but I think that we're we're going to still practice social distancing. We're still um, going to uh, practice uh, good good hygiene. And hospitals have increased capacity very very quickly. And you mm-hmm. and I both know that there's um there there's a saying that says if you do it quick, you're probably not doing it right. Um, Now, as kind of things quiet down, do you see the CTI kind of helping um, organizations? Because it's it's expected that around June, July, things are going to pretty much flatten out globally until flu season comes back October, November. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be an increase again and and who knows um we might be spending uh Hanukkah and Christmas in quarantine. Um it might be just quarantine during the holidays and that's great because it saves you money on presents and having to host people. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> you know that in Hanukkah nobody buy presents.
0: Well, you buy presents <laughs> for the kids, man. And in, the kids. and and in, in in Israel you're right cuz in Israel I never got gifts for Hanukkah like you'd get the chocolate coins. The chocolate
1: coins. Yeah, that's that's it.
0: But in the U.S., because Hanukkah is typically around Christmas time, you're forced to buy kids presents. Because otherwise, otherwise, (laughs) they're looking at Christmas and they're going, oh, so I I hate being Jewish. Like all my friends got PlayStations and Xboxes and I get chocolate coins. So in the States, Ohad, um, we do buy gifts for kids um, for eight nights and it can get expensive. Um, I have a 14-year-old yeah. daughter, as you know, and um, she's expensive, uh, very expensive. <laughs> um, it, it's it's yeah. shoes, it's clothes, it's gift cards, you name it. For, um, for
1: my luck, I don't know if it's it's a luck, but uh, for my luck, I have only uh, my dog currently and I don't have children. So now we switch places. Now uh, he's the one that's taking me out and all the time the one that's taking him out. Um, every time that he came to me and said... He, he like uh, scratching my leg and said, "Hey, I want to get out um, by his own way." So I said, "Like, yes, yes, let's go out. Let's <laughs> let's take a walk. Where I haven't been in the outside since the morning, so it's really really. Not- <laughs> but it's, I don't need to buy my presents.
0: Y- you don't need to buy presents, and and it uh-huh. seems like so kind of." Looking at that and seeing that until there's a vaccine in place, we're going to see mm-hmm. uh, hospitals continue to increase capacity, probably continue to upgrade um, their services. There's been a lot of talk about telehealth and telemedicine uh, in remote areas. Um, even here in Georgia, I can tell you that we know of some counties where the nearest hospital with a, 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 a breathing machine is an hour and a half away by car. Mm-hmm. Um so, so telemedicine and telehealth is very, very important, monitoring, all that, um, and so forth. Um, how, how does the CTI League plan on assisting during that period where the curve is kind of going to flatten before it picks back up again?
1: So I think that we made uh, really amazing man, amazing efforts uh, in only one month. And we still have time um, to establish the community as a place, for example, after this crisis, that people can Use this community as they use now, um, for example, to neutralize cyber attacks worldwide. There is help all the time. Attacks um, that affected all uh, the plant at the same time. The volume might be changed, but if we take an example, the Olympic Games in one year. This is another time that all the universe are uh, gathered in one place and, and interesting in one uh, specific issue, and someone need to protect them. Um, I don't think that I saw um, in my career in the cybersecurity industry, and as I've heard from a lot of people, I didn't see any place like that. I didn't see like NGO CERTs, United CERTs, um, that are part of the, uh, major part of uh, this uh, initiative is volunteering. No one can profit for it. I think that our volunteers can find a clear house and like trusted clear house to, um, share information, to take them down, to help each other with, to assist each other with some uh, researchers and to get in contact with some other CTI ex- experts. In one month, we showed the power when we are united as a CTI, as a CTI lead industry, as the CTI uh, industry. When we are united, we are power, we can make a huge change, um, during this one month. Um I mean, 3,000 takedowns from the internet, relevant only for the COVID-19 crisis. This is really nice number two, to take down in only one month and we're getting bigger all the time. When we continue to grow, we can cover more and more information. For example, if you look at our report, you won't see uh, a Darknet chapter under it. In our next report, we have a team of Darknet volunteers that are experts in this domain, that are digging into the darknet and see some really, really valuable information that we shared um, with uh, the relevant organization, with relevant CERTs. And we can protect so many companies pro bono. I'm understanding that after this crisis, a lot of people will try to uh, protect their information and don't want Really to share, but I think that we prove that when we are sharing information, when we are grabbing that information and share it with all our members, we make a change. We can uh, notify small organization or probably running vulnerable VPNs or, or maybe um, they got an uh, open RDP or open ports and they don't know about it. We can report them. There are on, there are so many uh, organizations that can afford uh, firms, cyber security firms, which when we can help them and they affect all the people, the capacity of the hospitals now is getting bigger and they buying a lot of computers and someone need to protect their computers. I'm guessing that a lot of hospitals from, uh, uh, from places, smaller organizations, small hospitals can't afford uh, to protect themselves and we are here for them. We are here to help them whether they need us uh, to neutralize some cyber attacks that already happened or maybe to prevent attacks as the vulnerabilities finding, finding um, to keep their information if we identify some uh, leak of data or compromised credentials that uh, can be used um, to attack. We can protect them. Another thing that we uh, do in the city is to um, handling this information as a cyber attack and by that we can save uh, a lot of uh, to to stop a lot of uh, rumours that can affect people's life. Can now the G five campaign, for example, people ruin in G five servers, and we can change it. We can save money. We can save life. So yeah. I really hope this this initiative will keep continuing after this uh, this crisis.
0: Well, well, I think this is the first wave. I think you guys are going to be much busier come fall. Um, I, I I have a I have a, a a funny feeling that history tends to repeat itself. And during crisis, no one's thinking security. People are thinking just taking care of hospitals, patients, increasing capacity. Uh, Some of it is politics. Some of it is money. Some of it is just you put your blinders on and you deal with the fire that's burning in front of you. You don't worry about the ones that are coming up. And when the second wave of COVID-19, and um, I've spoken to several people at the CDC and HHS here in in the U.S., and we're expecting three waves of COVID-19. So there's going to be three separate global waves of of COVID-19 before there's a vaccine or some sort of solution for it. And here's how they're predicting it. We're now um, wrapping up. We've probably got about another 65 to 70 days of the first wave. The first wave is estimated to really kind of die down by Mm mid-June, mid to late June. By July, we should be okay. We'll still have to practice social distancing. We'll still have to watch for our vulnerable, but it'll be much, much um, looser. We won't be in quarantine, obviously, and, and and restaurants will still be open and there'll be increased capacity, but you'll see that every restaurant will give probably people gloves and you know you go shopping, you're still going to have to wear a mask and so forth. The second wave is expected to hit around mid to late October and go until March. April, which is the typical flu season. Mm -hmm. And then the third wave is going to be the following October. And that they hope that by sometime within the third wave, we'll have some sort of vaccine in testing that can start to to deal with people. So for a lot of people that are... um, listening and and kind of listen and and if you're in healthcare and you want to reach out to these guys you really do need to reach out right now and become part of the league and part of this cuz this isn't going away. We're not going to get rid of this and covid's going to go away and then after covid we're going to have something else. It's now become crystal clear that China's going to give us a healthcare pandemic every about 5 years or so. And this one's going to last about 2 years. So after this one's over, we'll we'll get about three years before we get, uh, you know, someone in China, instead of eating a bat, we'll eat something else that's going to give us another set of, uh, of of the Corona strain flu that is um, going to impact the world. And so um, we just have to be prepped for it. And, and, and the community's there and, and, and waiting. So, I mean, you kind of look at this. You guys are global. You guys are working with law enforcement. And people can go to CTI-league.com. Or they can contact you on um, Twitter, right?
1: Yes, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on uh, our website, and even if you are a small uh, a hospital, CISO that want to that can take active part in the league, but you need you are help. We have the emails for reaching out uh, in our inner uh, inner website. You can send a message if you got attacked, and this is a call for any medical uh, organization, any healthcare facilities and anyone that got attacked because of the pandemic, reach out, we are here for you, we are here for you, we can uh, do incident respond if need, we can help you um, to, to improve your, uh, your infrastructure, protect it, and this is really important. And if you can follow our uh, reports online, we're going to publish some really interesting reports about trends, for example, um, in the Darknet domain. And the voluntary nature of our work is what uh, keep us all together. This is voluntarily, this is something that you are already identified something in uh, your day job. And if you can share it with the community and protect others, this is what we want to do. Um, I, I really hope people will join us uh, for, because of this podcast. I really hope that we're going to be bigger and stronger. And people know that We don't get uh, money from it it's only for volunteering so this is a a community that's based on trust and we need the good guys the good fellows with us
0: yeah i think trust is everything in cyber and so is community and it's it's Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing how a, a lot of people have come together i can tell you that um locally here we've we've set up um a bunch of people to help um with just giving some advice or just, you know, going to a hospital and and talking to their it people about Mm -hmm. bandwidth capabilities, limitations and so forth. And just, you know, checking out, offering, you know, free vulnerability scans, um, helping them patch if they need patching, um, segmenting networks, um, there's so many aspects of identifying. Um, you know, if you're not even a CISO in in a healthcare facility, because a lot of healthcare facilities, unfortunately, the smaller ones don't have a security mm-hmm. person. They probably have a CIO or a CTO. Um, reach out to the CTI League. Um, mm-hmm. They'll help you. Um, you'll get some much-needed support. Um, You're definitely not on your own. Um, It's been long uh, spoken about that um, healthcare really does need cyber help, and and now's the time to do it and and kind of reach out and and, and grab this group of volunteers. If you're listening and you're a threat intel guy and you want to volunteer, you can also touch base with Ohad, right? You guys are still taking Mm -hmm. volunteers, correct?
1: Yes, of course, of course. That's correct. We have 77 countries, but we want more. We want to... Uh, cover all the places we can cover and help. It doesn't matter the Corona crisis affects anyone in this universe. So we need to protect everyone in this universe.
0: Absolutely, there should be no reason why someone uh, passes away because of a cyber attack. Um, mm-hmm. If we can do something about it, um, uh, lives. You no, know, I
1: kind of, uh, when I thought about uh, the name of the the Cti League, um, the image that I had um, was the image of the Justice League. People that gather um, and they they don't do the uh, the protecting of the people, um, for example, from the virus. But we need to watch the watchmen. Now we have in our gates, our soldiers. Now in this war are the doctors and the nurses. Now we need to protect them, and nobody need to be died because of a cyber attack, as, the, as you said. And people died because of cyber attacks. This is not just stealing an information. This is something way more serious than that. This is the most sensitive time in the century um, of, of our health.
0: Yeah, the, the, bad guys don't stop. Bad guys see this and see an opportunity. And um, Ohad's leading uh, 1,400 other good guys in trying to stop these bad guys. And so anyone who's, who's willing to pitch in help or anyone who needs help, um, reach out to these guys as they publish reports. We'll also be sending them out in our newsletters um, with links to the CTI league. Um, anything we can do to be a voice and help you guys out. Anytime you guys want to come on the show and talk about stuff, you just, all you have to do a HUD, is just send me our, our usual DM and we'll, we'll get it done. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll get you guys on here talking about some of the stuff you guys are seeing. I think there's going to be, be uh, a definite need to educate people mm-hmm. on, sure. on, how to get involved? How to get information, and also how to share information. And I think on top of it all is how to defend the healthcare facilities they're a part of. I think if you're leading a healthcare institution, if you're a CEO, if you're a hospital administrator or a clinic, if you're a doctor with a private clinic, um, and you're, and you're doing telehealth, um, there, there's. It doesn't matter
1: if it's in the league or not. If you can help. People now, this is the most sensitive time in the medical sector. We are not the only group. There are another group, for example, the coalition that created uh, IOC's databases, and they are sharing it with us. We have a public GitHub that anyone can take a block list and a uh, allow list, and to protect their organization. That made because of um, a, a survey that I made in Israel, and some of the CEOs of uh, hospitals in Israel told me. We don't, we can't integrate MISP, and we can't take the indicators, the malicious indicators um, from the MISP, and to block them. So I said, okay, how can you get the information? And they said, you, you can share it with the block list via GitHub, and said yes. And we built a GitHub only for that. So if you have an idea um, for us, for any other, uh, for any other group that's working on the uh, cyber domain volunteering right now, or you can do it yourself. I am calling you um to to take part in this uh war take your part in this war
0: there's so much to do and and everyone needs to contribute we'll we'll all try to do our part that's why i uh, i wanted to have Ohad on um actually when we uh when we uh, uh sent uh, Soleimani suleimani to uh um, to the place where uh fire burns and uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get it worked out because you were, it, 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 you, you were so busy, man. And I'm so glad we finally got to do it. I think it's perfect timing. I love having you on. I love uh, I love your Twitter feed. I love your LinkedIn feed. The stuff that you put Thank out you there know. is just absolutely invaluable. More and more people. I'm going to put your uh, Twitter handle on the screen again. It's uh, Ohad um, Oscar Hotel Alpha Delta uh, Mama Zulu. Um Follow him on Twitter. You you really want to do that. You can also follow us on Twitter at CyberHubEngage. We're in the midst of our rebranding, folks. Will be uh, on May fourth. We'll be relaunching with new segments, uh, very, very new, cool stuff. So you don't want to miss that as well. Oh, I want to say thank you so much. um, Thank you all the way over from beautiful, lovely, my second home, Israel, a country (laughs) I love so, so much. Um, uh, You like it? I love
1: it. I, mean, I love it. I love Israel. I really and, love and Israel. And I just want to also I've been so many times in the States and I have a really good time and I have really close friends um, from from the States, many in the East Coast. Um, close friend of mine. But uh, I really like Israel, too.
0: Yeah. And I, I will say this. Congratulations to the citizens of Israel. After three election cycles, you finally have a government.
1: Finally, finally. we have a government. Mazeltov. <laughs> it It had to happen sometimes Um,
0: I was thinking this is going to be like an endless cycle Um, there's a very funny um, uh, show in Israel it's kind of like the Israeli version of Saturday Night Live it's called Eretz Nehederet and in one of their opening skits they had Israel empty of people but only two people still running for office and it was a Netanyahu in a wheelchair and a Gantz with a walking cane very very old and I'll never get that because I looked at that and I was like they may have nailed this. I don't think this is ever going to end. This is going to be an election cycle every five months.
1: That, that's what we felt. We felt that that it's it's never going to happen. And now we have a government. And how life is going to be like? Because we, we I, I don't really remember myself before. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but yeah, well, it's finally it's finally over. I I, I will say this. Um. um
0: Regardless of political leaning, it's always great to, um, put politics aside. The government in Israel is a coalition government. It's not a right or left wing bloc. It's, uh, it's a coalition. It represents, uh, the entire Israeli electorate spectrum. Um, and when no one's happy and everyone's complaining, you know it's a good government. Um, so everyone is complaining. Everyone's Everybody's complaining. Saying. Everyone, like I, everyone, is and and kind of in looking at that, I'd say just hats off to Netanyahu and Gantz for for making the the tough and difficult decision of of putting politics aside and coming together for the Israeli people. The Israeli people sure as hell deserve it. Um, Israel is one of the highest tax collection countries on the planet. Um, I remember when I had a business in Israel, I was paying way too much taxes. That's why I came back to the States. Uh, and so it was like, um, um, it, 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 it's great to see that happen. And, and, and Israel has actually done pretty well dealing with COVID-19, right?
1: Yes, yes, we did. We, we were a bit late because if we stopped, uh, if we started uh, quarantine uh, two weeks before, maybe you no... Know, not so many people uh, would die, but yeah, we took, we took power on it really, really fast. And yeah. I is think really Israel
0: big. has under 200 death if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And
1: yeah, uh, it, we will pass it in um, the next few days. But yes.
0: Yeah. But, but, uh, the amount of people that are getting infected is now lower than the amount of people that are uh, healing. So that's a great thing. More people are healing than people are getting infected. And, um, I will say this, Ohad. Um, um, uh, this week's a very uh, difficult week in Israel um, mm-hmm. because it's... Um, so, so for a lot of people who don't know, and we're talking about Israel for a little bit, but we will. Um, and, and I think for a lot of people who listen and, and always ask me on the show, like, how do you attribute the cybersecurity that comes out of Israel? Um, I will say it, a lot of it is cultural, it's military, it's cultural. And cultural explains the fo- is the following. Uh, on Tuesday... Is um, uh, a remembrance day, and they just had the Holocaust Remembrance Day. Um, but now this is the one for people who have passed away in wars and terror acts in Israel, yes. and and that starts uh, Tuesday to Wednesday, correct? That's right. And then on the eve of Wednesday, it's Independence Day. So you go from sadness to cheering the independence of the only Jewish state in the world, um, mm-hmm. in a matter of, 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 24 hours. Uh, you know, when I lived in Israel, um, um, I can't tell you, how, Yom Zikaron, you almost, you spend the day in, in, with, with grieving families, you visit, um, families of, you know, people who you, you may have served mm-hmm. within the military who've passed or, or family and friends. And, you know, my, 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 my dad fought in a bunch of wars in Israel. Um, and so I constantly go to visit um, friends of of my father because I didn't serve in the IDF. I served here, and so it,
1: it was. That's very- going to be the first uh, the first year that I won't go to my uh, friends uh, uh, to, to to visit my friend um, that died in 2014 war because we can't um, the uh, we, we can't go to and this is really the graveyard that will be closed. Right. The so, so for the first time ever.
0: For the first time in Israel's history, uh, no one's allowed. Typically on, on Yom HaZikaron, cemeteries, uh, military cemeteries are filled with people as people go. Um, there's official state ceremonies that take place in every mm-hmm. single cemetery in Israel. Folks, every single cemetery in Israel, every Everyone. single fallen soldier or fallen uh, victim to a, a terrorist act has someone representing them from the IDF at that grave supporting that family on this day mm-hmm. it's
1: mm-hmm. even un- if the family is not alive anymore because Correct. we had a lot of people um that survived the holocaust but uh, they the immigrant to israel they fought uh, at the first war and died there and they have no family so there is amazing uh, voluntary project that people um actually children's uh, in high school that go uh, there put a flower and say some words um because we we won't forget our friends.
0: No, and, and, and that's why you see initiatives, and that's why you see the, the way Israelis kind of do cyber is a little different. Not to discount any other country in the world that does cyber. I think cyber is is a global cooperation, very similar to the CTI League. But, but Israel has something very special about Memorial Day. And then on, 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 th- on Wednesday night and Thursday, people will turn on their barbecue grills and celebrate their Independence Day. Also this year, without going to uh, parks.
1: Um, You're not... This is the Israeli story. We're starting with Passover, because Passover is uh, symbolic for the Jewish origins of ours, that uh, we were slaves um, in Egypt, according to the story. It doesn't matter if you believe the story or not. The the story says you were once uh, uh, Slaves. slaves. slaves in in Egypt and then you passed all um, the the horrible things that happened to the Jewish people within these 2,000 years um, we've immigrated so many times, we fought a lot of things and then the holocaust happened and the holocaust cost us 6 million uh, Jews that died in uh, that murdered by the Nazis in the World War II in the holocaust My, my family lost 23 members of the families in this war and in one week we need to honor the people who fought for us and died with this thought. And this is really something that I will honor. I will honor my friends that died in the world for all uh, for the rest of my life. I will always remember him. And he was a people person of peace. His last words that he sent on WhatsApp was peace Yaman. Um, and this is really amazing. Only one evening later you're celebrating the existing of the countries, the existing of what people are in the Holocaust died. Because they had no land, no country to be in, and people died to protect it. And now we are celebrating the existence of Israel. This is the Israeli story. I really hate this time of year because I'm personally involved, as you could probably understand. understood. A
0: lot of people but, are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are. Every, um, every, Israeli, stands, is amazing. every
0: Israeli stands for that two-minute um, moment of silence when an alarm rings through all of Israel for two minutes cars stop on the roads. Um, people just stop whatever they're doing and mm-hmm. they spend two minutes remembering those who have fallen the night of, uh, the eve of, and then the morning of the next day. And, um, there, there's inherent, um, in, inher- inherent ability to, 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 constantly remember, um, things that you've been through in order to not, I don't want to say repeat the same mistakes, but in order to recognize the sacrifice of the foundation of the state of Israel and what it took for this country to um, mm-hmm. um, to really exist. And now what it is, a technological powerhouse, a cyber capital um, and, 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 and just brilliant people that are out to help um, everyone. And now,
1: if, if, if we will return to the, the city, I think that by overcoming the sailors and the barriers that normally slow the, the, information security down and people can't um, collaborate with people that are not in direct contact with with the country. For example, I know that the U.S. as well as countries that they are not connected with and Israel, of course, um, by taking down those barriers and and breaking these silos, we can make change, we can achieve results um, that any enterprise would be proud of. And we did it voluntarily and this is really something amazing uh, worldwide now in this uh time period
0: absolutely um ohad i want to say thank you so much man i appreciate thank your you time God. on this friday evening um i know it's shabbat and so i'll say shabbat, yeah. shalom. Uh, shabbat shalom and 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 really thank you so much for everything that you do folks cti-league.com ohad mz on twitter um, you can connect um, with me. If you can't find Ohad, if you're listening and you go, I can't remember any of that, just reach out to us. We'll connect you directly uh, with Ohad. We'll be um, sharing his report in our newsletter um, over the next few weeks. And every time they publish something out, we'll be uh, sticking it in. And so that um, we'll be sticking in the link so you guys can actually go and check it out and really just um, um see this community grow anything we can do to help cti league here at cyberhub just let us know we stand to serve those who are selflessly doing stuff um, to help others that really need it right now um, thank you very
1: much thank you james for
0: having me uh oh thank you so much folks um that's it for uh, this special episode of uh, cyberhub Um, we've got a lot of content coming, especially our rebrand next week. Folks, you don't want to miss May 4th, our special announcement, our new segments. So much stuff coming your way from us here. Thank you to everyone who participated on the focus groups at RSA. Thank you to Ohad. Uh, Thank you for uh, people and and, and for listening, watching. Uh, We'll be back with so much more after this. Until then, folks, uh, enjoy the rest of your time here, whether it's morning, evening, afternoon, night, or just whenever. And One very, very important thing is to stay cyber safe.